Father, we thank you that that is who you are, that you're a promise keeper, that you're a light in the darkness. That is who you are. God, we thank you that your actions are not, that what you're doing is not based on how we feel. What you're doing is not based on what we are aware of, that you continue to work and that you're always working. That is who you are. God, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness. We thank you that you are our God. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, let's give a hand to our worship team. Hey, Van, can you can you play something fun for us? Always play something fun. Hey, I'm really glad to see all of you. I can't see you that much right now. Hopefully lights will come up in just a second. Oh, I see you so much more. So hey, can you do me a favor? I know we're still in the world of social distancing, but if I can have a couple of people come up a little further to the front, we don't bite, I, I promise, that that much. But I just want to invite some people up a little bit further, and then Pastor Philip, if you please come up. Can you teach us the power stance? Like, what is it? So, hey, everyone, let's do the power, let's do the Philip power stance. Come on. Come on, Maria, I don't see you out there. Come on, we can have a little fun in church. It's okay. So is there any special moves that you need that you can add to it? Oh, there's the deep. Everyone get a little deep. Okay, that's enough. We need to stop. All right. Thank you guys so much. You guys can now find a seat. So we like to have fun in church. It's okay. It's okay to have fun in church. This is what I've heard, but you know, we'll see. So, man, I'm so excited. Actually, I was talking to my wife. I was talking to Brandy uh, yesterday. I'm also a little bit nervous because this is the first time in well over a year that I've had a full message without translation that wasn't just talking to a camera. So, It's going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little awkward. If I pause for a moment, that's just because I'm waiting for translation to happen, even though it doesn't exist. And also, I have extra time, so this is like the bonus edition of what I normally get to talk about, which could be scary because that could mean that we keep going and going and going, but we'll see what happens. But we have been for a while now as a church, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and today we're going to talk about of the goodness of God and what that looks like in our lives. But I was, it reminded me actually of a story of whenever my sister met her now husband. It was actually before Brandy and I had moved to Poland. So we actually didn't know him until the week before I performed his wedding was like the first time I had met him. But I can remember my mom talking about this guy. His name's Nathan. And she's like, Josiah, it's so strange because Nathan, he's just naturally a good guy. Like, he's just naturally nice. He's naturally kind to people. You know, he heard uh, my sister's name's Hannah. He heard Hannah, my mom, having a strong discussion one day on the phone, and he was there, and my, my sister hung up. And then two minutes later, she called my mom back, and she said, Nathan told me that I wasn't being respectful in the way I talked to you, and so now I have to call and apologize for the way I was talking to my mother. So my mom's like, I love this guy. He's naturally a good guy. He's, and, but then she said, I'm a little bit scared of him joining our family because the rest of us has needed a lot of help from Jesus to become good people, to become kind and become a little bit nice. You know, that's the thing about good is it's a bit relative, Like, what is good? 
it's relative. And we see this in our lives. We see this all the time. Like, you see this in food and sports and entertainment and movies. Like, like the other day, yesterday, one of our, one of our wonderful guys here, Pon Daniel, Mr. Daniel. So he's all the way from Mexico. So he helped, he helped open uh, one of a local restaurant here. And so it's Mexican food based. It's really good. I'm from Texas, so I'm excited that a Mexican's opening a, a restaurant here because I, I, told, I told Christian, Christian was there too, and he's from Peru. And I was like, I feel like this is food from at least the America side. Like we're getting close to like, like what it tastes like from the America side. But what's funny is you talk to someone here from Poland, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's so much flavor. Then you talk to me, I was like, oh, that was pretty good. And then you talk to Daniel, it's like, it's not bad. You know, why? It's because, it's because all of us have different reference points of what is good. And I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you and your, your food reference points, it makes me a little bit nervous to trust what you're going to tell me. You know, I used to ask people, hey, is this restaurant good? Is this place good? Is, is whatever this is. And they would tell me yes. And then I realized that the peak restaurant, the ultimate taste of goodness is KFC. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm from the U.S., but I, that is not where I consider something to be good. So now I can't trust everything else they tell me about if it's good. I'm from Texas. We have some good food, but we have horrible bread. So when I was visiting here, I used to think Avi Tex was an amazing bakery. And then I realized, oh man, that's, not, that's like the KFC of bakeries here. Then I tasted real bread, the good stuff from Poland, I mean, Poland's known for their bread, right? You know, it's like, oh, man, it's so good. I taste the real stuff, and now my perspective actually begins to change. You know, that's how it is in life. Being good, the word good is such a relative term. And so the question that I have for us, the question that we should be asking is, is how do we figure that out? I mean, we see this in, I love talking to people about their talents or their gifts, like in sports or things. So, like, Pastor Philip is quite competitive and good in everything, according to him. You know, I love talking. So we have, we have actually these walls up here are actually tennis. Ta- it's a ping pong table during normal working hours. But so we were playing, you know, so I, you ask Philip, it's like, Philip, are you good? Oh, man, I used to train, blah, 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 da, da, da. You know, you expect. And then he plays and you're like, oh. Not bad, not bad, not bad. And so, and then you talk to other people like, no, nah, I'm okay. So like we have one guy, he's not, he's, he's off working in uh, Switzerland right now, but we have this one guy, his name's Vitek. He used to compete. And so you start talking to this guy and you're like, how are you? I'm like, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm okay. I've, I've won some things. They're like, oh, okay. And then you play him and you're like, I need to quit. I'm never playing this again. Why? Because it's all relative. Good is a relative term. And that's how all of us are. And, you know, whether it's food, whether it's our sports, whether it's entertainment. Have you ever asked someone if the movie was good? Then you go see the movie and you're super disappointed. You're like, is anyone, is anyone else or is that just me? I can remember we, we had, in, oh my gosh, there's this, we had this college student living with us. Her name was Ellie and she was into arts and all of this stuff. And so she was like, oh my gosh. This movie's amazing. It's so beautiful. She starts talking about it. I watched the movie. The guy dies at the end. The hero dies. The, the movie's literally named Hero. And the hero dies. I'm like, 
Life is, I'm 17, you know, so I think life is hard all the time. Life is hard enough as it is, and so I don't need my movies to be awful and have bad endings as well. That's not good. The only good thing that showed up during that time was I lost two hours of my life that I'm never getting back. And she's like, no, it was so good. It was, ah, it's, it's relative. But the truth is we have to find somewhere that we can stand on. We have to find a place where we find what is good, and we have to find a position that we can stand on. And it's based around two different things. It's based around trust, and it's based around perspective. Turn with me to Galatians 5. So we're going to read a couple of verses right here. We've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit. So Galatians was written by a man named Paul. He was apostle to a lot of different places. One of them was the church in Galatia. So here we are, we're going to read 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Now what's actually really interesting is what you see here is the fruit of the Spirit or the result of a relationship with God. The result of having Him in your life and interacting with Him consistently on a day-to-day basis, the result is actually one fruit with eight characteristics. The result is love. And then you begin to see the list of characteristics that results from love. Joy, peace, patience. And today we're talking about goodness. That's the result. That's something that results out of our lives, out of spending time with God. And I just want to remind you that A fruit is only produced from the DNA of which it was. So I just had an apple here in between services because I get hungry sometimes. And you don't want to see me up here whenever I'm hungry. That's not going to go well. So that that apple came from an apple tree. It didn't come from a blueberry bush. Why? Because the DNA of that tree, who that what that tree actually is, and who that tree actually is, it actually It produces only apples. It doesn't switch. So when we read these characteristics, let's remember that we're actually talking about God. That's the very beginning of everything, is that God is love, and these are the characteristics that God's going to portray at 100%. So if you can think of goodness at 100%, that picture is who God is. That's who He is. You know, I was looking up the definition of good. And I was looking up the definition of goodness. And the first definition is the characteristics of good. Like, that doesn't help you at all, you know? It's like, why? I feel like the the dictionary guy was just sitting up there, and he was kind of like, I'm tired. What is goodness? Oh, it's like being good. It's like, that doesn't really help us. But one of the definitions, and I love this definition, is it's the best part of everything. That was the description of goodness. So when we think of God, And we think of what he actually wants to do and produce in our life. It's the best part of everything. It's the best part of yourself. It's the best part of of what he wants to produce. It's the best. So whenever you think, whether it's of hope, of love, of joy, of justice, whatever it is, the best part of that, that's who God is. And what's more is he wants to produce that in our lives. He wants to produce the goodness of who he is. You know, we were, our sermon team, our, our preaching team was talking earlier this week about uh, this, this topic. And what it always comes back to is being in God's presence and being with God. 
This is the key to everything. So if you don't hear anything else today, it's spending time with God is going to produce this in your life. It's, it's going to happen. It's a byproduct of being with him. It's producing the goodness of who he is within your life. And it's a process. God's given us a journey that we can walk on. And I just want to encourage you. I was looking earlier today in Mark, uh, excuse me, in Genesis 1. I love the stories of Genesis 1 and 2. And you actually see that everything God produces, everything that he does, everything that is made and created from him is good. That's what the Bible says over and over and over again in the story of creation. And what's interesting is whenever Jesus came, it says that whenever we believe in him, when we surrender our lives to him, that actually we are a new creation. So what's really happening in our lives is that he's taking the brokenness, he's taking the pain, he's taking the hurt, he's taking the selfishness that is living and dominating our lives, and he's breaking that down and slowly stripping that away so that the new creation can shine forth. And when we look at Genesis 1, we realize that it's going to be good. That's something that we can take and understand. Because in Mark 10, actually, Jesus, in his humility as, as a human, he actually says, no one is good but God. So we can understand that the source of all goodness is coming from God. And what he's producing in us is going to be good. You see this even in Exodus with the story of Moses. It's Exodus 33. You should go read it sometime. It's a fascinating story whenever you begin to listen uh, to what, what's, be, what's been going on. Moses and God, they've been having a hard time trying to deal with the people of Israel. They've just, just come out of Egypt. They've had a difficult time. And Moses asked him this question. He's like, God, I want to see you. I want to see you, God. You see, as Moses had spent time with him, what was, what was the desire of Moses' heart more than anything else? It was to see God. It was the presence of God. And so what, what actually begins to happen is God actually comes and he says, you know what? I'm going to honor your request. But he says, you can't see my face because no one can see my face as a human. human our, our bodies cannot literally take the face of God. But listen to how the Bible translates it. He said, and God says, I'm going to let the good, my goodness pass before you so that you can see. You see, the very presence of God is to understand the goodness of God. But more than that, he has chosen us to reveal his goodness to the world. He has said, you know what, I'm looking at you, Faustino, I'm looking at you, yes, I'm looking, I'm looking at Argentina, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm assuming you're from Argentina because you were quick to announce that. So, you know, I'm looking at you, Jordan, I'm looking at you, Brandy, he's like, I want to use my goodness and let it shine forth. But to do that, we have to grab hold of two specific things. That's perspective and trust. You know, there's a there's a great story. Um, I'm a, How wide this room is? So this room is 20 meters. So it's about this wide. And then it's twice as long. So it's a massive room. And so the, the Pope had actually commissioned this guy named Michelangelo to create, to create this painting. Now here's the funny thing. Michelangelo wasn't known as a painter. He was known as a sculptor. So he was asked to do something that he wasn't even known as being the best at. 
And so it took him four years and a team of people, depending on the legend, it's anywhere from two to 50 people, probably closer to 50, of actually creating this thing. But what was interesting is the painting is so big, the ceiling is so big, that he actually had to create a system of ladders where he is up there like staring at it like this, trying to paint over and over again. And then he'd have to come down and move and look. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. You know? And so he actually had to create this system where he actually couldn't see what was going on until he, he changed his perspective. Now, how many times in life are we just going through life painting life up close? Oh, God, where are you? Oh, God, what's going on? God, are you doing anything God, are you really good? God, come step over here. Come take a step back and be with me. And you can see the person. God, are you really? And we just start painting and we start painting. And we're, and we're like, is anything happening in our life that's perspective of the masterpiece that's being created through your life? You can begin to see what's happening. You see what's worthy. Is anything happening in your life that has purpose? God, are you even showing up in our life? And God's interesting is Michelangelo revealed the first half of the of the chapel ceiling. And whenever he did, over here saying, hey, come be with me for a moment. Come. People were in awe that other artists were actually asking to join him because they saw the masterpiece that was forming before them. Why? Because whenever we take a step back and look from the perspective of God, we begin to realize that his goodness is showing up all the time. Sometimes his goodness shows up by stopping us from doing things. Sometimes it's whenever his goodness shows up is that there were missed opportunities, but it's out of protection so that he can put us into a better place. And when the goodness of God begins to show up through our life, over time you're going to see that there's a masterpiece that the world's going to see that will glorify God. You see, if you read the story of Moses after he experienced the goodness of God, what actually began to happen in his life is that he came down off that mountain and his face was so bright, he was so radiant with the goodness of God that they had to put a cloth over him just to be able to talk to him. What had happened? I mean, that's kind of weird, but think about this. God was shining so bright through his life, through his very presence and existence, that people noticed and couldn't help but understand what was going on. So we have to have perspective. But we have to actually take another step. Is we have to go back and we have to trust. You see, Michelangelo, he would gain perspective. But he'd have to go back up there and trust that what he was doing was in the vision that he had of the creation he was going to produce. So you want to know where it starts? The goodness of God always starts in here so that the world can see it out there. The goodness of God is always produced in here. And then it's unveiled to the world out there. But we have to trust. This is the thing that's so challenging. Whenever, you know, I love talking about the Christian life, but what's actually fun is talking about faith. What's fun is talking about, oh, God's going to do amazing things. Put it on the wall. Put it, let's talk about these things. But then we have to actually trust that God's going to do that. And that's not so easy. Just like I'm not sure I can trust you to recommend a good restaurant, sometimes we can't trust if God's going to come through. 
And that's where the moment of greatest growth actually happens in our lives. Whenever we gain perspective of what's happening, we're spending time with him. So what he understands as good, we begin to understand what's good. Whenever we're close to him and seeing through his eyes, we see the world through his eyes. We understand what God's saying is good. And then we can actually go back up on our ladder and begin to paint again, trusting that that masterpiece is going to be produced through our life in a way that's going to bring glory to him. You see, we can say, we have this nice saying, we were saying this in our Polish service. God is good. Then everyone says all the time, let's practice, God is good. And then, if you, you know you want to be crazy, I say all the time. God is good. All the time. Oh man, that's so fun! You know, it's like whoa! Yeah, if we had the drums, you know, we like whoa! Whoa! That's. But then, whenever we're in the moment, whenever we're face to face with life, God, are you really good? Is my life really mad? That's whenever, that's whenever the greatest growth happens. And that's when the fruit of goodness begins to be revealed in your life. Whenever we trust him, whenever we get back up on our ladders, when we constantly get back up and we say, you know what? I don't have the answers. But I know you do, and I've seen your goodness. So I'm going to trust your goodness is going to continue to shine through my life. I'm going to trust that your goodness is going to continue to be revealed through my life. That's whenever we see God glorified in incredible ways. I love sports. I love playing sports. I'm getting old now, so playing sports is less and less of an option for me for safety reasons. But what's interesting, actually, whenever you you talk about good coaches or great coaches, it's interesting what that really means. You see, a good coach or a great coach, during training, he will put his, he or she will put the players through processes that will challenge them. He will put, the, he will put them through different challenges to increase what, what is good in them. You see, if a good coach, if he was like, okay, hey, guys, we're going to just come. We're going to have an easy training today. It's not going to be difficult. You know, if, if, if you get tired, that's fine. You know, you can just go sit down and rest a little bit. You know, you know that's, not, that's not how a good coach works. He pushes them to the max. But what, what we begin to see is actually he has a perspective, and the players build a trust with him. And whenever they begin to see his perspective – and they tr- truly trust him, they understand that, you know what, this coach wants me to be my very best. He wants to give me the opportunity to be the fullness of my potential in this sport, in this area. And if I trust him, I can see what I could become. You see, that's what, that's what a good coach actually does. And so in the moment, it may feel painful. In the moment, it may feel confusing, like, why are we running again? Why are we doing this again? You know, I can remember I played basketball growing up. There would be, there would be drills we would do 
that all of us players, we could have done in our sleep. Like, we would wake up and we'd have dreams about it, having done it in our sleep. Like, Coach, why are we doing this again? But whenever he begins to explain to us, you know, it's so that it'll be so natural in your life and so natural in the game that you won't even have to think that's whenever you're going to maximize your potential. You know, there's times in our life where we're like, God, what are you doing? What is going on? I don't understand. I'm not sure. But when we have his perspective, we realize this, this temporary moment is good for us for the potential of who we'll become. This temporary moment is good for us for the potential of what God wants to reveal through our lives. And whenever we begin to stand on that promise and have the perspective of what he sees in us, then we begin to walk and begin to act in a way that proclaims his goodness to the world. You see, Michelangelo, he had a picture of what that ceiling would look like. And at some point, the world got to see what was in him up there. The goodness of God. It's going to first begin in you. And then someday the world will see what that looks like. Someday the world will see his goodness shining through you. So here's my, here's my challenge. Here's my question for you. What would your life look like if everyone around you's life was better? Like what if you made that your goal? What if your goal was everyone around me, I want their life to be better. That's one of the goals that I have whenever I, I join a group or an organization. It's like, how can I help everyone else succeed? I don't always do that. I'm not always successful. But whenever I begin to think like that, we're helping others win. And you know what they're going to say? You're like, I don't know what happens whenever Philip's around, but good things occur. Good things happen. And as the people of God, that's how we should live. That's how we should operate. We should naturally make the world a better place. That should be a byproduct of spending time with him. Why? Because the only time the world was perfect was when he created it. And we're his new creation, so we should be able to help create it again. What if you lived your life like that? What would happen in your workplace? What would happen in your relationships? What would happen in your families? If everyone around you is like, I don't understand what happens when Jordan's here. But it's better. There's an attractiveness to whenever you help serve other people. Here's my next question. I want to close with this thought. Are we willing to spend time with God to gain his perspective? And will we get back up on our ladders and trust that we're painting his masterpiece through our lives? That's a challenge. You know, one hour a week, that's not, that's not how we gain God's perspective. It's what if daily you spend time with him. It's like, what does that look like, Josiah? I was like, I don't know, just ask him. God, I just want to spend some time with you. What do you think about this? I have this problem, can you help me? Just spending time with Him so that we can gain God's perspective. Then we'll understand His goodness and we'll see His goodness showing up in our lives more and more and more.
And then what will we trust him? Because life's confusing. Turn to your neighbor and say, life's confusing. It's a little hard sometimes. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. But will we trust that the goodness of God will be revealed through our lives? You see, God's goodness didn't show up just so you can feel nice. Showed up that the world can see his reflection through you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for our time together. Lord, I thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you are good. And that's something we can trust. Even in, even in difficult times, even in great times, it doesn't matter. Our situation does not change who you are. God, we commit to our we commit to you today that we are going to live a life that shows your goodness. We're going to have your perspective and we're going to trust that we're going to keep painting the masterpiece that is our life. So that Not so that we can feel nice, but so that you can be glorified. If there's someone here today and you're saying, you know, I haven't said yes to Jesus. I haven't fully surrendered my life yet. So this journey that you talked about, this, this journey of the fruit of love and all the different characteristics, I haven't started that journey. If that's you here today, I'm going to give you a chance right now just to raise your hand. It'll be real quick. And then we're going to have someone pray with you later. So if that's you here, raise your hand right now. God, we thank you. No matter what, you're going to be glorified. God, we want to see that happen through us here in our city. There's probably 10 nations, 8 to 10 nations represented here today. And we just want to say that we want to glorify you and let your goodness shine through in Jesus' name.